Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, What do your color choices say about you? We'll find out all about this in just a few moments. Our guest author, Margaret Ann Limbo from Boynton Beach, Florida, is the award-winning author of best-selling Chakra Awakening. She won the COVR Visionary Award for the best book in the category of Alternative Health and Healing at the INATS West 2012. She has two new books, Color Your Life with Crystals, Your First Guide to Color, Crystals and Chakras, and The Essential Guide to Crystals, Minerals, and Stones. Is also the creator of the Angel Gemstone Oracle Cards. And I just saw them online. They're beautiful. For more than 20 years, she has led workshops and classes around the country and Canada. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Margaret Ann is a spiritual um, entrepreneur and practitioner and aromatherapist spoken audio recording artist and the owner of the Crystal Garden, a bookstore and gift store and spiritual center. Paula, I told her about your bookstore earlier this week. Margaret Ann's new book, Color Your Life with Crystals, distills her knowledge and years of experience into an easy-to-understand guide that shows beginners how to use crystals, minerals, rocks, gemstones, and metals to help them in school with friends, with their emotions, and all parts of their lives. And she has taken great care to provide readers with a base of understanding of crystal qualities and the power of color. And our listeners can call in alive in a little while at 347 374 no, it's actually three four seven, Paula. I missed. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. So it's three four seven six three three ninety one fifty five, and ask Margaret Ann to pull an angel gemstone oracle card to give them insights into their own color um, they love to wear or what color to wear to achieve a specific goal or intention. Now, Margaret Ann is a seasoned pro who has inspired. Um, who was inspired by the inherent curiosity of children who often stepped into her bookstore. Can you imagine? Um, The name of her bookstore is The Crystal Garden. And um, Margaret Ann, I bet you have some stories to release on that one. And um, Paula, tell us more. 
Well, Margaret Ann has been facilitating workshops, classes, weddings, lectures, and private sessions for more than 21 years in a variety of venues around the country. She's also the creator of the uh, full line of aromic sprays and mists, including visionary award-winning smudge in spray. Margaret Ann, what a joy to have you with us today. Welcome. Well, thank you. I got tired just listening to all those things. <laughs> I well, we didn't. Oh, well, well, I, I have on a red shirt, so that will help me stay energized and provide great information for your listeners. Well, we're kindred souls, Margaret, because I used to own a, uh, a bookstore, so uh, I know what goes into it and all the work that goes into it. So uh, I we all appreciate your hard work. Well, thank you. No kidding. Well, you know what, you're, Margaret Ann, I spoke with you earlier this week, and you're absolutely contagious with life. <laughs> you offer such a wide scope of areas that that one can improve their life mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And um, it's just, you know, it's wonderful. Um, your website is Margaret Ann Limbo is your last name, L-E-M-B-O dot com. And we'll tell others that throughout the show, too, so that they know they can go there if they like. Wow, what started you on this big journey? Wow, you know, I think so many different things started me on this journey. Uh, one, One part of it has to do with that I was, for many, many years, uh, learning and experiencing and just living life from age like three, four, five, six years old, so young, um, from a very metaphysical standpoint. Now, you know, let's keep in mind that I had a, a Roman Catholic filter on, but I also was blessed with people in my life that taught me early on about Edgar Casey, quantum physics, the magic of believing, the power of positive thought, was all part of my life and integrated in a very spiritual manner, including talking to plants and telepathy and things of that nature. So then as I continued to grow through the years, I continued to explore through um, essay writing and projects that I had to do for school. And then I went into business. And when I went into the business world, I have to say that I enjoyed, but it only lasted for 12 years, which was great because that's a good foundation, um, mortgage banking. I was a mortgage banker. And I can give credit to the 1987 stock stock market crash for um, helping to catapult me into opening the Crystal Garden and then so many things from there pursued. So that's the the short version. (laughs) Did you always have a love for crystals and uh, and stones and that type of thing? You know, I think I did mostly when I was young. When I was really little, I had one of those kits that you, I think I got my first kit when we visited my Aunt Mary in Colorado when I was six years old, and we got the kind of rocks that are are glued onto a piece of of cardboard that tell you the name of each one of the stones. Do you remember those little um, kits? And yes, I do. that was where I, I think that's where it started. And then as years went on, it was the uh, uh, color that always fascinated me and always 
in, integrating and watching and observing how color played. Even when I was in the in the corporate world, I worked with the color of my suit and the and the color of things on my desk to help me in my life because I I managed a big division. So uh, then the crystals came in when a friend of mine was wanting an investor for going to Arkansas to buy crystals. So I was a silent partner, and my silence lasted very, very, very short. <laughs> it was a very short silence of my part. <laughs> and um, it, that's what evolved the Crystal Garden was those trips to Arkansas when that's, you know, back in the mid-'80s. Oh, that's, that's on my to-do list. I have always wanted to go there. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. It's uh, it's fun to go to the rock shops, of course, but also to experience mining crystals. I go to Miller Mountain and get in the red clay and just dig, and it's just so um, it, it's very renewing in many ways. It's, you're very achy afterwards, but it's very renewing. <laughs> can you find? Can you feel the uh, added energy from the crystals when you're there? Yes, I think so. I did uh, when I first started going. Now I have crystals, so many crystals in my home and in my store, and I go into huge warehouses filled with gemstones to do buying for my for my life, for my business. And so now I've adjusted to that. But I remember in the beginning I used to get all like um, almost lightheaded, almost a bit dizzy because they're just so powerful. Uh and of course, my take on working with gemstones and color is always matching intention, matching an intention or a positive thought to the crystal or color to help transform reality. Oh, that sounds really interesting. You know, it was interesting this morning. I thought, you know, you're talking about color, and I thought, ha, huh, I changed, I changed shirts three times this morning. One was red. <laughs> to wake up and this morning, and I thought, that's interesting. That was like, and then um, I'm wearing dark blue right now, the indigo blue. And I, you know what, I just, um, you know, I, I played with, you know, I had wore a white scarf coming in. But I I thought, isn't it interesting how, how we choose colors in our life and, um, you know, we just feel more comfortable with certain colors and and what they do in our life. And have you always found that when you're working with all of these things that that you can kind of look back and see what you've done in an automatic basis? Yes, we we often um, will choose things unconsciously that will make us feel nurtured, safer, higher self confidence a variety of things, whether it's calming emotions or um, agitating emotions. So it's interesting that you said that. You started the day with with blue, with blue, red, and then you changed to blue. And I started my day with my cobalt blue shirt on, and I changed to red. <laughs> so I, And my intention when I put on the blue this morning, I had an intention. It was because I was also doing a live webinar online and I wanted to communicate effectively, and that's a good color for a good communication. Um, plus, I look really good in cobalt blue, so I always go with that too. <laughs> and then um, I also uh, changed because I needed more energy. I've been working um, 
you know, full tilt, and I decided let me let me switch over to my red shirt, and that will help me stay focused and get a lot done and have a productive day. So I do I do now do it with consciousness, very much so because it's also what I'm teaching. So I better practice what I preach, you know. So that's um, how I work with the colors in everyday life, and we can all do this. It's very simple. Even in the foods that we choose to put into our bodies, we can have a conscious thought about oh. Interesting. My plate is green, orange, and possibly, depending on what kind of foods we eat, maybe brown or, you know, more yellows. You know, and you just look and see, and then when you eat, you can form an intention and be conscious. That's the trick, is awakening our awareness and awakening consciousness and matching it with what we want to achieve in our life, mostly happiness and love, right? Right. You know what, I've... I've, uh... I realized that my choice of colors have have changed throughout my life. So I guess that's where you're at at that point in your life. Very much so. I think that we do go through stages where we're we're always wanting. Um, I I see it in children. You know, this is interesting. I'm sure I I can't imagine you haven't noticed this, but do you know any little girls? Little girls like to have um, pink and purple. That's their thing. They want pink and purple. And uh, I believe it's because they're still very connected with the love that they are, and they're still very connected with the, the, the divine. They still see they have invisible friends. And this may be true for guys as well, little boys, but the pink and purple is just more obvious to me with the, with the young girls when they come into the store or when I interact with my little cousins. I see them, and that's that's their choice. That's what they, and then they don't want to wear anything else. They'll create quite a fuss otherwise. And that's, I think, they're very connected with the energy of the tween worlds or the fairy realm and invisible friends, which are basically their guardian angels and guides. So, uh, what really interests me um, is the aromatic sprays and mists and uh, that type of thing that you have created and brought into your store. And um, the smudge and spray, is that for cleansing areas? It is. It is. You know, the story behind the uh, smudge and spray I'll share with you quickly is that, you know, my, uh, my background... Well, I'm a New York Italian girl, in case you didn't pick up by my accent of the New York part. Um, But I've been in Florida, South Florida, for many years. But as far as my spiritual come-from place, besides the Catholicism or Christianity, I also have a strong affiliation and connection with earth-centered spirituality, specifically Native American teachings. And for many years, I studied with Native American teachers and medicine men and women, and Therefore, when I would do, and I still do, circle teachings where you sit in circle with each other and it's a beautiful, you know, energy to be together and share. And I always open the directions or open the energy of the circle with, uh, I used to, with smoking sage. Many people use sage to clear their homes and, and their offices and their classrooms. And that doesn't work in the office and in classrooms. And I certainly was having a hard time in my circles inhaling the smoke was making me cough. So when I would talk or sometimes sing, because I would sing in group too, it would, it, I wasn't able to. I could, when I took in a deep breath, <laughs> I was inhaling all the sage and cedar and frankincense and myrrh, which I absolutely love. 
it's, it's very, very nice, but it's, it wasn't appropriate anymore because then I couldn't be a good facilitator. So I created a blend for myself to use a liquid form, and it caught on, and people loved it, and they told me it wasn't fair that I had it and they couldn't buy it. So over the years, it evolved and developed, and now it's best-selling. I mean, in, in Florida, Whole Foods carries it even and has it in their opening set for their stores. Well, that's great. It is. <laughs> I'm grateful. Well, like you said. Paula, can you uh, hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah, you're here. <laughs> okay. So uh, I know there's a lot of places that need to be cleansed, and you wouldn't be able to use the uh, obvious smells and the smoke. So this is perfect. It is because it's essential oils that are the same, some of the same essential uh, energies of the smoking variety. And then in addition, I had added to that combination, uh, that blend of medical-grade essential oils, also things like Florida water, holy waters from all over the world that I personally have collected when I used to facilitate sacred sites tours. So I brought home a lot of waters, and I didn't know why I was gathering water. It was very interesting. I used to observe myself, you know, I have to get holy water from this site or that church or this pyramid. Uh, And if they didn't have water that was part of the place, I would create it on site energetically like you would a flower essence and bring it home. And I I had this collection. I didn't know what it was for, and then it evolved. I just trusted my process and kept it on so to speak, in stock, and now it's in many of my blends, the Archangel sprays, the, the Prosperity Mist, all the variety of, you know, I won't go through my, my product line, but basically a lot of them have the energetics associated as well as crystal tinctures because I don't believe in ingesting the, uh, physically ingesting the crystals in any form at all. I don't believe in putting any of it into your, into your physical body because they could be toxic, but we can use the tincture or the energetic vibration of the gemstone in liquid form to spray in the air. So that's often part of these aromatic myths. They're energetic as well. So if someone uh, can just buy that off of your website, right, your uh, essential oils? They can. They can. And and even many stores throughout the country, uh, grassroots type uh, metaphysical or new age type stores, often do carry it as well. So, of course, I love to promote and support by local mentality. But, yes, please, yeah, it's on Amazon.com. It's on the, the Crystal Garden Store.com. So, yeah, there's great stuff on the, uh, Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> well, well, you know, a lot of people okay. – okay. I'm sorry. A lot of people have talked about the smudge and how how exciting to have that essence and I, I really agree. I, I was so curious. I went ahead and, and, and got one. Um, and I haven't gotten it yet, so I don't know. But I'll tell you what, um, looking at your other essences, is there another one that you really um, – I'm trying to think how does – you know, you're, you've got your finger in so many things, and I'm thinking how, how does the, an essence come about that you go, oh, this would be really cool. I mean, is there any neat story that you can share with one of the other essences that – that you've brought online that uh, was just, you know, that just kind of happened and is there a story behind it? Yes, I, I have actually a lot of those stories because these are divine inspirations. I'm very grateful to be a channel for this information and to be given 
the, the, the blends, you know. So one day, so this is a really good question. Thanks for asking this. Um, one day I was standing making my eggs at my stove for breakfast, and I hear basil bay bergamot. This is in my inner voice. This isn't like, you know, I'm hearing crazy voices. It's just an inner voice that goes, basil bay bergamot. And I just kept hearing that, that basil bay, repetitively. And I was like, and I, I sort of respond to my inner voice. I'm like, all right, already. And I went into my office, turned off the eggs, went into my office, pulled the essential oils off of the shelf because I have them in big apothecary bottles in my on my home office here, which is where I am right now. And... um. I mixed basil, bay, and bergamot, and I just allowed the inspiration to come at what proportions, because I trust that process now very much so, thank goodness. And um, then I was like, okay, well, what is this? What am I blending? And I got that it was prosperity mist, and that it's for helping people to uh, attract prosperity in their life, but also to garner the courage and the clarity that's required to make things happen. So often we get great ideas and we say, oh, well, I have a block or someday I'll do that or, you know, all these different reasons why it's not happened yet. And um, the spray is uh, to multifold from the uh, vibration of bring it, in, bring it in, magnetizing, but also to give people the courage and to release fears. I used a lot of box flower remedies in that one because those are really great energetic essences of flowers that can help uh, release unknown and unconscious fears that we have in creating prosperity in our life. So I have so many more of those stories, but I thought that was a good one because it was like almost annoying until I blended it together. <laughs> Do you have one uh, a good one for the immune system? Yes, I do. So the uh, and any of the anti-M's series are great for the immune system in general because they're also good at keeping the space clear and clean on a antifungal, antibacterial, antiseptic that kind of level, and at the same time, improving your own personal health on a med- literally on based on um, like a medically uh, these are medical grade essential oils. So. Here's an example. I, the first blend I made, um, I think ever, was Auntie M's Auntie, and it was named, my name is Margaret, so Auntie M, Aunt Margaret. And Auntie again, in A-N-T-I, means antifungal, anti-everything. So it, it, it releases and literally cleanses the space. I use it on uh, planes the most. That's where I feel like it's like I don't want to breathe this air. I spray it on my tray, and I wipe down my tray, and my face a little with it, you know, like a mister, which is good for your complexion anyway because of the drying nature of being on the plane. And so I, um, that has got like all the oils that are good for cleaning bacteria and fungus among us and things of that nature. So there's three, now I have three anti-M's, anti-M's anti-disinfecting spray, anti-M's bed and um, bathroom air freshener. I can't even remember the names of my sprays. And the um, kitchen counter cleanser. That's one of my favorites because it smells a little Christmassy too because of the, the scents that I had to put in there. Or I should say the oils. They're not scents. They're oils. Does that answer your question? Oh, yes. <laughs> This is really cool. 
I'm so glad, uh, you know, I, I thought about this because as I as I went, I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, it, it's just, uh, it's it's almost like you're on key all the time. There's, there's so much going on, and I, I this is really exciting. Okay, so now you have two new books that are, that are ready to be released. And um, yeah, tell us about them. I was just going to say I'm so excited. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> when are they going to be released? They're beautiful. They're going to be released. Um, uh, Color Your Life with Crystals, your first guide to crystals, colors, and chakras, is going to be released on April 1st. Yet, I do want to say I believe I'll have it in early March. That's what the rumor is. In the meantime, it is available for pre-order. And this book was inspired because a little boy came up to me at the store one day when I was, you know, running the front desk at my store, which is rare anymore these days. Anyway, he comes up to me and he hands me um, a little tiny booklet that's from one of our gemstone decks. It was from a gemstone deck. With, um, I think it was Tony Salerno's gemstone deck, and he said, hey, is this for little boys? Can, is this for me, my, my age? And I'm like, oh, sweetheart, I wish it was. That's a great idea. I said, well, you really want a book on crystals? He said, I do, and I, I want to be able to read about them. And so I researched it like any good bookseller would and tried to find him a book. Didn't, not, there wasn't anything out there, really. There really wasn't. And I thought, well, who better than the author of Chakra Awakening to write a book for kids? So I did. And thank goodness Bintuan Press published it, and uh, it looks gorgeous. I have an advanced reader's copy, and it came out beautiful. It's lots of color, great photographs, and it's got that those gem spot affirmations, I call them, these positive thoughts that are to associate with the gemstone that you're attracted to. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's gorgeous. I You know, isn't that wonderful that that little boy walked up to you? I think that's just so absolutely precious. Um, kids are so, um, they are so on the spot. <laughs> They're, they just kind of uh, bring forth an essence that you just can't help not, you know, you can't ignore them. It's just really precious. And um, and if you have any stories along how this book was developed or the surprises or anything, why don't you add that to it as well? Sure, sure. So Color Your Life with Crystals was um, the foundation of it really stems as almost like a derivative work or like pulled from my work in Chakra Awakening, which is published by Llewellyn. And that <clears throat> the whole point of it was that I really wanted to have it an opportunity for kids like I did when I was growing up of having something that they could refer to that would give them the knowledge, the wisdom, eventually the wisdom, in a fun way, in a fun, happy way that what they focus on is what creates reality. I mean, that is a very simple statement, but it's very, for, for a lot of people, it really escapes, that behooves them how to make that so, you know, how to, how to really integrate what you focus on becomes reality. So as you think, so you are. I mean, I could go on and on with all the little ditties with that expression. Thoughts are things, you know. So... What a better way than my love of crystals and that little boy that inspired me 
And so I created the book. I had some help from a really great editor because I was concerned that I didn't know how to talk at the level of a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old, whatever, and up. And then um, I sat down at a table with my friend Lisa's kids. Lisa, who was, um, she's a New York City school principal, was for many years. So she's an educator. So I had an educator at my table with, I think, four of her five kids at my table. And we sat and read every word and asked questions. Does this make sense to you? And you know what was a fun one? They said, I said, we were reading about grounding and focusing and being able to stay grounded and focused. Uh, when you're doing your homework and when you're at school, so you really pay attention. And so I said, so does that make sense? Like if a kid read that, they'd know what that means. And the little girl said, but why are you getting grounded? If you're not in trouble and you're in school, why are you getting grounded? <laughs> Realize if you use the word grounded, they think they're in trouble. <laughs> That's perfect. I loved it. So they gave me all kinds of insights in that regard. And then my also my cousins or have kids, I had them read it, and they gave me the idea of putting the activities in the back of each chapter so that there's a way to integrate the information they just read. So this, this book is also good for, um, you know, to be put into the classroom in the, in the, for learning colors, for gemology, or learning about gems, and also as a reader for just a basic nonfiction book. So I'm hoping some educa- more educators will notice it and utilize it in their classrooms. Well, do you think uh, this would be good for adults to read also? Yeah, because any because now I have one advanced reader copy, and I've been giving, you know, if anytime I, t- I teach a lot of courses, a lot of classes in my store and elsewhere, and so I bring it to do the happy dance with my, my friends and clients. And like, look at my new book, it's so beautiful. And they said, this isn't for kids, this is for me. And they said, I love it because it's so easy to read. Can an adult buy it? I'm like, of course you can. It makes it easy. So they like it because it's just a quick, easy, I don't have to sit down and go into this long dissertation about gems, although my books are easy to read, I must say. Um, And so they love it. They love it. You know, it's a shorter version, so it's, you know, not a super long book, whereas my new book coming out at the same time, The Essential Guide, to crystals, minerals, and stones is huge. It's huge. It has 190 photographs, 160 gemstones, 434 pages, all kinds of reference charts. I mean, it's gorgeous. Well, you, you know, let, let me just kind of bring forth something. There's <clears throat> about three quarters of the way through this, the color your color your life with crystals book there's something it's called angel light it's the the stone of the angels it is the perfect yeah. stone to bring peace and calm into your life and um it's just and what is the other thing helps you connect with your invisible friends and your angels and spirit guides and fairies and what some people call your imaginary friends and um and it shows the color of the stone here and then um, it just—it's just beautiful. This book is just really special, and um, and it allows you to bring in insights and clues um, into your day. And it—it it really wouldn't that be fun to hold that stone? <laughs> it's really, you know, it's magnificent. Now, do you actually at your store do you carry these stones? 
Oh, yes, you betcha I do. We carry them and sell them all day long. We carry them in all forms. Like you see them here pictured in this book. I pictured ones that are affordable. The majority of the stones in, in these books are the kind that a kid could go in and it's not going to break the bank for their parents or an adult, of yeah. course. Um, and so those are t- what I call tumble stones. A lot of the round ones are tumble stones. And then yeah. some of the other photos, you, there are specimens because that's the best way for them to be pictured. So, yes, I have a very full store. My, the, the crystal garden, that's there, the main thing that I sell at my store, crystals. And, um, and it's also online, you know, the crystalgardenstore.com. People can buy the tumble stones online. Yeah, I was going to say it would be really kind of fun to have a little packet go along with this if somebody wanted to grab it and then go, okay, as they read the book, then they can hold the stone or they can do whatever. It's really cool. I mean, it really is magnificent what you've done. Oh, thank you. I made a packet to go with the Angel Gemstone Oracle card, so people that wanted to have the matching gemstone for the card, they could buy the stone collection and get it at a little better price than buying 44 rocks individually. It, it definitely helps to have it at a little better price that way. And that way they have a matching set of stones to the to the gemstone cards that they pick. Okay. Well, that kind of leads us to the gemstone card. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Sure, absolutely. Do you want to hear the story of how that came to me? Oh, yes. I was. Good. I just picture you stepping from one stone to another stone, and your life just keeps expanding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really a charmed life, you guys. It's fabulous. <laughs> it's a happy thing. It's a happy thing. I was standing, you know, like running a, a, a gift store, bookstore, a spiritual center, a metaphysical store, of course we carry the rocks, as we just discussed, and So customers come into the store on a regular basis asking the question, the eternal questions like, do you have a rock for? And they'll say, to get a boyfriend, to have a lot of money, to have good health. And they wanted me to give them the magic rock. So, of course, I always tongue-in-cheek and tease them and say, if I had the magic answer, the magic rock for that, I'd be a lot wealthier than I am. (laughs) But I can direct you, and I would direct them over to, and my staff still does this to this day, or if I happen to be there, I bring the customer over to where all the tumble stones are because that's the easy way to look at all the rocks at one place. They're in little glass bowls. Like if you're on the crystalgarden.com site, you can see, I think one of the, the slides shows you our gemstones as a, um, as a display, and there's just a bunch of bowls filled with beautiful colored rocks. And so I say, pick a stone pick some rocks, and then add, don't read the little sign as to what they're good for. Just let your eyes fall on what's, what you need because your body, your energy, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and emotionally, you know what you need. I can tell you a rock, but I could be wrong. And so they go and they pick some stones and they come up to the front desk and this is what they would do. They'd line them up and say, okay, this is what I chose. And I, I would tell them what it meant. You know, I'd say, oh, that's interesting. This is for this, and that's for that, you know. So I, they would say, my goodness, Margaret, you're so psychic. And I'm like, I would laugh, and i say, no, it's really just because of the stone you chose, the color of the stone, and based on the little bit that you told me about why you wanted it, it makes sense. So here's an example. Do you want me to tell you a little story about the example sure. of how this works? Sure. Cool. Exactly, yes. Yeah, so... 
somebody comes in, they want to have um, a, they want to have either a new relationship, a new boyfriend, a girlfriend, and uh, or they want to better their relationship. Okay. So I, if, if I was to give them the pat answer, which would be a heart chakra stone like rose quartz or emerald or green aventurine or something of those, that nature, which is about love, then then they might miss the something because if I send them over to the gemstones, they might pick um, the oh I have another good story that just popped in my head too. Um, they might pick um, a yellow stone called citrine. And what's the other one? Let's say, um, uh, uh, and, uh, let's say an angel light, the angel light that you liked so much that you just spoke of, the, the pastel blue colored stone. So then when they come to me, I would say to them, well, look at this. See, now I would have given you a, a pink and a green stone, and you really needed a yellow and a blue stone. And that's because the yellow stone, citrine, is really good to help you with your self-confidence, your ability to stay aligned with who you are, not to give your power away, and to be able to set boundaries. And they say, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what I've done in my past relationships, and I swore I don't want another relationship like that again. So that's that part. And then the other part is the blue, the pastel blue, that they would say, I, I would say to them, ah, okay, so maybe in the past you weren't felt, you didn't feel like you were being heard, like you wanted to, you didn't feel like the communication and the relationships were that great, and you want to make sure now that you have good communication, uh, someone that you attract that will hear you, listen to you. And so if they had gotten the pink or green stone, again, they would have missed the boat on both of those A's. And now when they use those stones with consciousness, with intention to draw that, into their lives, that's what works. It's not the magic rock in the pocket. It's the thought form matching the gemstone that amplifies the intention. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, why don't you pull a card for Paula? Okay, Paula. Sounds like a deal. Now, you think <laughs> a thought, and I won't, I'll make it general enough so that our, your listeners won't know your personal <laughs> stuff. <laughs> How's that? But maybe think okay. about something. Think of, think of okay. a question or something that you'd like to have an insight on. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm shuffling the cards. You might even hear it. Let's give out the number to the other people. They want the, a card pulled. It's three four seven six three three nine one five five. Again, three four seven six three three nine one five five. Okay, the stone is carnelian. So this indicates to me that perhaps you might be thinking of, okay, there's maybe something that you're ready to take action on and you haven't done it yet. Maybe it's a creative idea or creative project. And this stone indicates that it's time to have the courage to take the action to make those dreams come true. Allow yourself the time to create. And the angel of creativity, the affirmation that's on the other side of the card. So these are two-sided cards. One side gives you what the gemstone's about, and the other side is the affirmation. So the angel of creativity says, creativity flows through me in many ways. Here, I'm gonna, this one is italicized for you, Paula. I am brave and bring my ideas into actuality. My imagination is the key to my success. 
Does that make sense? Yes, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Actually, it was about yeah. a radio show. It was about a radio show, so we need to bring some new ideas and creativity in. Oh. Well, can I get you to pull one for me, too? I was just going to say, Pat, don't you want one, too? <laughs> sure, I would. That's why we're waiting. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, think of think a thought, think of a question or, or area of your life, let's say. Okay. And, okay, send it over to me telepathically. It is. Interesting. Taz, was it your voice? Like, because I couldn't tell who was asking me when because I don't know you guys that long. Was it you that brought up about the angelite? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, a stone is very similar to angelite. If you were to see the photograph, it's very close. It's blue lace agate. In fact, there might be a blue lace agate in the book. I'm pretty sure there is. Oh, those so are gorgeous. Isn't it pretty? Yes. And so you blue lace it? agate is indicating to me that, first of all, you get inspiration all the time. And if you aren't paying attention to it, it's time for you to pay attention to that uh, inspiration and not, I want to say, poo-poo it. You know, don't be like, oh, I'm just making that up, or no, not me. Instead, embrace it, step up to it, and know the divine timing is is, is, is at play in your life. It's, it's time to, um, I want to say what's coming to me, and, and not on the card at all, but it's time for you to shine your light even brighter than you have been. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and does, does it apply to what you were thinking about? Uh, yeah, it, it is. And again, you know, I, I, um, I've been thinking about going forward with a couple of things and, and, uh, just, you know, having you on today has, has really, <laughs> watching the magic that you have brought forth in your life is definitely very inspiring. And, um, yeah, it definitely is. You know, if, you know, looking at your book and the work you've placed into it, and it's like your your mind. I don't see how you sleep. <laughs> well, lately, lately I haven't been that much. In fact, I have to really be diligent at a certain time to start to get my mind and my body and everything to slow down because I wake up with ideas and it's like, come on, my physical body needs to sleep. So I want to give, I want to, I want to read you the Angel of Divine Timing, your affirmation. Okay. 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 So real, real, ready, ready, receive this. Okay. Favorable opportunities present themselves to me in many ways. I recognize these opportunities and follow through on their promise. I always seem to be at the right place at the right time, and I enjoy the benefits of divine timing. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. My Has, pleasure. You're going to have to share that one with me. <laughs> Good, yes. And anybody who's listening to this, whatever, whenever they're listening to it, both you, Paula, as well as our listeners, your listeners today, if they happen to tune in in this moment and they're hearing about Carnelian and Blue Lace Agate and all that they're about, that's not a coincidence. There's messages that are given to us all the time. It's even a message to me, you know, it's to remind me constantly 
of these things. And so I um, offer that to the listeners who may or may not call in that you're still getting these messages just by listening. You you mentioned having webinars. I do. I love to do them. <laughs> so I what have, do you- uh, I do it online, you know, I just have used my webcam and I right now I'm using um one company and I might be switching to another, but basically it allows people to see me on screen and I screen share a PowerPoint presentation and I do uh, most of it through the Academy of the Spiritual Arts. Um my academy that I created, I was inspired my friend Joan Ranquetta, she's a Hay House author. She um she has an academy and so I was so inspired by that because when I go on book tour, people, when I get home, get they see my Facebook posts and they're like, I want to come to your classes. So I created an online avenue for that. I keep it really affordable and people can tune in and, you know, watch it at their own leisure or come exactly while it's live and we can have a live interaction on screen and they see me sitting in my office with all my essential oils behind me and the big apothecary bottles and we have a good time. Have you ever taught uh, people how to create their own essential oils? I do. In fact, I have Monday night at my store, um, I have two, it's a two-week series, but I'm going to do a, probably a webinar, and I do it when I travel and teach, you know, around the country. I teach about very basic understanding of the essential oils and how, how they're real chemical components, and they have real hormones and vitamins and such inside of them. And then we also do a blending in the second half of the course. It's usually a four- or five-hour course. Well, they get a little intro by doing a synergistic blend. So that synergy is blending uh, various oils with an intention, you know, coming up with, I want, uh, let's say, something to help me sleep better. So, you know, we might use lavender and spikenard and uh, clary sage. Or, you know, we come up with what different oils will uh, support them with their intentions that will help them Mostly first physically, but it helps on all levels, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. Well, that's perfect. It's fun, uh, too. (laughs) I know. Do you create uh, flower essences? I have not started creating flower essences yet, is what I'm going to say. I've done... I tried once, and I don't feel like I know how to do it well enough yet. I create crystal tinctures, and those aren't necessarily for sale except for within my blends, and, um, you know, there's enough companies out there right now, box flower essences, and I, I really can't wait to get my hands on thin torn flower essences, but they're overseas, so it's not as easy to get a bottle or two. And then there's um, Flower Essence Society, FES oils, and Australian bush essences. There's quite a few companies out there that are good at it, that know how to do it and bottle it and everything. So, I might leave that in their hands and stick to my colors and crystals. <laughs> now, I have a question about crystals. Do you cleanse your crystals? Sometimes. You know, I'm not I I was blessed to have the ability to connect with Marcel Vogel when he was still on the planet. His Marcel Vogel was a senior research scientist with IBM. In fact, he lived in San Jose. Oh. I think I think his, I think his, um, uh, I think it was in San Jose or very close to that area. The, well, his uh, name sounds very familiar. Does that ring a bell? It's his name sounds very, yeah, it sounds very familiar. Yeah, 
that's what's coming to mind. I could be wrong. I'd have to, you know, double check, but that's what jumps in my head. Anyway, he was a senior research scientist with IBM for a long time. And um, why am I sharing this? I feel so embarrassed. I forgot why I, I got distracted by San Jose. Why was I telling you about Marcel? Oh, cleansing, right? Right. <laughs> you never know I was on the air that I had that whole conversation with myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He taught me to bring it around. He taught Well, we're El Naturel. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, he taught me that with intention in the breath, which I so love because I'm all about intention, like a pulsed thought. You pulse with the breath, the thought form, into the crystal. You don't even have to go buy anything. You don't need water. You don't need to do the hokey pokey. You just hold the crystal, take a deep breath on the held breath, form the intention that you're going to clear the the crystal, and then on a forceful exhalation, like a pulsed breath, you know, I kind of made a funny sound to just to try to emphasize it. But you pulse the breath out through the nose, and boom, it's clear. And he tested this scientifically. He was uh, responsible for bringing us phosphorescent paint, liquid crystal display, magnetic disk drives. You know, this is a man of real invention, a real inventor. So I believe him <laughs> that his scientific testing on this worked to cleanse the crystal and and programming the same way. And he said it was always best to program the crystal the same way, but pulsing it with love and well-being, not get me a new boyfriend or not give me more money, but love and well-being. And with having that broader, more, um, you know, what's the word, less controlling uh, intention, then divine will has the ability to work through and provide exactly what you need at exactly the right time, especially when we allow it. Right. Sometimes we uh, don't ask correctly. So by allowing it to come as it's supposed to, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly easier. <laughs> you know, it's uh, knowing that you clear it in a different way and it's cleared and it's done and over with, which is wonderful, actually. Yeah. Do your crystals ever talk to each other? Strange question. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny. I bet you they do. I bet you they get up at night and walk around the house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like, put you, you know, there. What? <laughs> you know, I think that they do talk with each other in some regard. You know, I've always... I've always had a view of plants communicating with each other and us and animals communicating with each other and us. So likewise and why not, of course the gemstones would. They definitely uh, speak to me in many ways. It might not be with a voice like we know it, but they inspire me. I have them around me all the time. I have a lot of crystals around me in this moment. And then if you walk around the house to see more and, of course, at work, and they do. They, they do inspire us if we allow them to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have one from Brazil, and certainly I feel as though that, you know, I get inspiration from it and healing from it. So I I just, I know crystals and rocks and flowers are just alive. They're just wonderful, and they do talk to each other. So mm-hmm. Before I forget, let's give out your two um 
you have Margaret and Lembo.com, and that's L E M B O, Margaret and Lembo.com. And uh, what is the other website that you have? TheCrystalGarden.com. The Crystal Garden. Okay. TheCrystalGarden.com. I got distracted because somebody's ringing my doorbell. It's so rare. Anyway, yes, TheCrystalGarden.com. Okay. And uh, what is your next webinar on? My next webinar is, that's a good question. I'm going to go to my own website and click on it. And let's see, going to schedule on margaretannlembo.com. My next webinar is on, I'm so sorry, I'm taking me a few seconds. I should know this by off the top of my head, but as you can tell, I'm a busy woman, right? Right, you're living three lives. I am. So the webinar introduction to angel communication through the Academy of the Spiritual Arts membership is on Monday, February 18th, and that is from 7:30 to 8:30. And the the academy to find out more about the academy is academyofthespiritualarts.com. And um, yeah, I'll be dying. And I do travel around the whole United States, so maybe some people who are listening may want to get my, you know, email so they'll know when I'm in the neighborhood or find me on Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook. So do you go come to the West Coast often? I have been to the West Coast a few times. Um, I've been to Seattle, Portland. I've been to San Diego, uh, the L.A. area, you know, Orange County. Um, And now I know that it's coming time again to come all the way from South Florida. I typically drive. That's why I made the all the way. We drive across the country. So uh, I hopefully will make that cross-country trip, if not this year, next year. That's, That's something that we'd both love to do, maybe from Denver when we go to the International New Age Trade Show next year. I bet there's a lot of stops along the way. There are, and that's what we're doing again this year. This will be the third year we'll be um, on book tour, national book tour. And um, I just don't, I have to also still run my business. I actually run my business remotely. I still, I'm the buyer. I do all the ordering, you know, things like that, and all the payroll, so I still have to keep track of everything. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) You're very organized. Well, if anybody wants uh, to buy a tickets to come out west, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I interrupt here just a minute? I have a caller that's calling in on on your mixing board, Paula, and uh, it's a five one zero area code, and her name is Mari, and she would like like it if Margaret Ann would pull a card for her. Okay. Okay. And you said Mari, like M A U R I E. I'm not sure exactly how her name is spelled. She's um, online now. Okay, go ahead. Mari? Hello? Hello? How do you spell your name, Mari? M-A-R-I. Okay. And you're thinking a question, Mari? Um, I can think it now. Okay. 
And the card that jumped out, literally, and fell on the floor is selenite. So that indicates to me that this is a time to... Can you, can you speak louder? Can you speak louder? I'm on a cell phone by a freeway and I can't hear very well. Selenite? Yes, the stone is selenite. The stone is selenite, and this is to help you connect with your own inner connection with the divine. Instead of this is a reminder that you are the one that's connected and to not do as often looking to others to tell you what to do or what the answer is. This is uh, to remind you to quiet your mind and listen to what your own inner voice tells you, what your angels and your guides are telling you. So you have ancient wisdom stored within your cells, your bones, and your muscles. You will have so much more happiness in your life if you tap into that inner knowing that you have. And the angel of divine guidance brings you the message, I am aligned with the divine. This is your, this is your affirmation, I should say. I am a spiritual being of divine love and divine light. I have access to the ancient wisdom stored within me. So I don't always I am, like it I too am much. A, I am a spiritual being of divine love and what? Divine light. Okay. And you could always read more about the selenite rock inside of uh, my existing book that's already on the market, Chakra Awakening, and that has a very good explanation in there, and that's available everywhere. So in that book, do you uh, connect the stones with the chakras? I do. That's a very specifically, there's a chapter on each chakra, and it has each of the stones that I talk about also offers a positive thought form or an affirmation to go with it, so you know how to pair the affirmation with the positive thought. And um, and it goes into detail about each stone. Now, it will go much deeper detail about each stone in the Essential Guide to Crystals, Minerals, and Stones that's being published by Llewellyn coming out in April also. Very close to when Color Your Life is coming out. They're coming out at the same time. So, Mari, you, you can really connect to your inner knowing. Yes. I, I'm, I'm amazed that my question... Well, Am I allowed to say what I was thinking? Because she, yes, she hit course. it spot on. I, I was wondering about um, finding happiness and specifically relationships. And she mentioned, um, she said, the way to find more happiness. <laughs> that was amazing. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Mari, thank you for calling in. You have a great week. Thank you for your show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, one more time. Let people know um, you have a couple of websites, thecrystalgarden.com. Wow, I just love that. And the other one is um, margaretannlimbo.com, and it's L-E-M-B-O. So margaretannlimbo.com. We have had so much fun with you. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure to be with both of you. I really thank you for sharing your time and your space with me. And I can't believe what you accomplish. (laughs) Running a store, writing books, doing webinars. (laughs) I mean, 
<laughs> Colin knows. <laughs> oh, God. God bless you. Well, everybody. I also have, I have to give credit to a wonderful staff, and my husband is the best thing since life spread. So I, I have a great support team in my life, and that allows me to do this work, too. Well, that's good because you're getting some really powerful information out there that's going to help everyone, even children. That's great. I know. I'm so excited about the children's book. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and you certainly made ours. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Well, I'm going to be joining some of your webinars for sure. Oh, I hope you do. That would be so nice. Be sure that you let me know so I can relate you to the wonderful radio show host that, you know, let me be on your show. So thank you for that. And thank you for allowing this kind of programming for the communities. You know, you're doing a great service. Both of you are doing a really great service for the world by providing this, taking so much time. I had a a radio show for about a year and a half, and it's a lot of work. So I, I honor both of you for that. Wow, add that to your uh, accomplishments. Whoa. <laughs> oh, well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. No. Why did she hang up? Today we have uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here. Today, we have, uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here, allowing new information to flow in and out, just like our breath. And our guest, Sheldon Neidl, will be sharing some of the latest information, walking between dimensions from the third to the fifth. Today, we have... Uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here, allowing new information to flow in and out. Today, we have, uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here, allowing new information to flow in and out, just like our breath. And our guest, Sheldon Neidl, We'll be sharing some of the latest information, Walking Between Dimensions. For the past two decades, our guest has been a headliner at conferences in Europe and America. Tricia McCannon has been great. Oh, great. We're ready to introduce you. Okay. Well, Taz, our guest, our second guest... Tom Kenyon journeys throughout the world, opening the fields of his personal knowledge from the sciences to spirituality. A teacher, a scientist, sound healer, psychotherapist, musician, songwriter, 
singer, shaman, and author. Yes, our guest wears all those hats. And the Hathors are our guests as well. Can't wait. They come along with Tom as they are interdimensional beings who work through Tom Kenyon's amazing almost four-octave voice. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Paula, my heart is just jumping right now. How fortunate can we be to capture a snip of the heavens with the sounds that emanate from the halls of Tom Kenyon's vocals. His teachings actually mesmerize one. It's it's like a time lapse. It's like a photographic time lapse, um, allowing for a time of introspection within that nourishes us with sounds that heal, sounds that bring back essences of ourselves we may have forgotten about. And now in Tom's latest newsletter, um, he just said he talks about the spheres of all possibilities. In this... Well, hello, everyone out there. Our guest... Andrew's Wish. Now, I know you've heard the story about Rudolph, of his red nose and all, but there's someone just as important who never heard Santa's call. He was sleeping, oh so soundly, in his heated waterbed, while visions of roasted apples danced merrily around his head. His given name was Andrew, but he didn't like that at all. In fact, when the others called Andrew, he would not answer their call. For when he was just a young reindeer, his antlers not yet fully grown, the other Andrew Well, good morning, everyone out there. Uh, we were just waiting for Taz to come on, and here she is. Yes, good morning. Good. Andrew's Wish now, I know you've heard the story about Rudolph, of his red nose and all, but there's someone just as important who never heard Santa's call. He was sleeping, oh so soundly, in his heated waterbed, while visions of roasted apples danced merrily around his head. His given name was Andrew, but he didn't like that at all. In fact, when the others called Andrew, he would not answer their call. For when he was just a young reindeer, his antlers not yet fully grown, the others giggled and laughed at his name, leaving Andrew to feel so alone. This is why he needed a clock. Today... We have uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here, allowing new information to flow in and out, just like our breath. And our guest, Sheldon Neidl, 
will be sharing some of the latest information walking between dimensions from the third to the fifth. Sheldon has been on his toes doing dimensional trekking from birth to the present. He's an author, lecturer, physicist, UFO and ET representative that has thoroughly and carefully been educated by the Galactic Federation. And you are now listening to the Taz and Paula show. And I'm Paula, and I hopefully Taz will be able to get on with us. Uh, okay. Well, I'll go on with our interview. You can listen to part of it. And Paula, today we have uh, definitely have a cosmic dance here, allowing new information to flow in and out, just like our breath. And our guest, Sheldon Neidl, will be sharing some of the latest information walking between dimensions from the third to the fifth. Sheldon has been on his toes doing dimensional trekking from birth to the present. He's an author, lecturer, physicist, UFO and ET representative that has thoroughly and carefully been educated by the Galactic Federation. And you are now listening to the Taz and Paula show. And I'm Paula, and I hopefully Taz will be able to get on with us. Uh, okay. Well, I'll go on with our introduction, and uh, I'll try to get a hold of Taz in a few minutes. I've never guessed that we would be making this, these kind of changes on the planet, that we are tr- actually transitioning now. This is really incredible, what we're going to be hearing from children. It's like we are in a ballet production, leaping and twisting and supporting each other in the moves. And to Sheldon, too, this must be amazing for him to view. Uh, we've been waiting for such a long time for this, and we're going to ask him all kinds of questions. Let me just highlight some of Sheldon's background before we get started. For when you begin to know Sheldon's work, you will realize that he has an extensive education in history, the political and social sciences, physics, and Tesla technology, which allows him to bring an astute, rational approach to such conversational subject matters. During most of his life, he has enjoyed ongoing ET contact, telepathic communications with Syrian and a Galactic Federation of Light Allies. Um, there are light allies. His information is received directly and clearly. So we are getting all kinds of information coming through him. Some people may call it channeled. Uh, Sheldon has virtually observed and physically experienced spacecraft through his years. Sheldon is the founder of the Planetary Activation Organization. Uh, we know it as PAO, P-A-O, and it has over 2,100 registered groups worldwide, and it is growing as we speak. The PAO philosophy is to empower the individual in order to transform the world. Sheldon, we're certainly happy to have you here, and we are so anxious to hear of all the updates that's going on. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Paul. Okay. Um Maybe you could um, we could start out with some of the latest news about um, what's happening with our governments and our banking system. And uh, while you're telling our uh, listening audience about that, I'm going to try to call Taz just a moment. Okay. Go ahead. So let me start with just a little bit of a general update of what's going on down here on planet Earth. 
right now we're in the midst of uh, of preliminary finalities on some incredible changes that hopefully soon will be announced. Uh, from what I've learned from from people, uh, the fundings that people are waiting for have been moved from uh, being in in various uh, fund funding accounts to now going into the personal accounts for actual distribution. So all the trust funds are set up and ready to go. The RVs are ready to go also. So what we are seeing right now is that that aspect of the financial system is getting close to happening. Secondly, what is what is going on right now is that we are in the midst of a large and amazing government change. Right now, many legal systems that have had been kept secret because these these were under wraps is were preliminary arrests and preparations for allowing this great change to happen not only here in this nation but around the world. So a new a new financial system is getting ready to be born. Uh, new governments are getting ready to happen. Disclosure will happen once these new governments are actually manifested and are doing their announcements. So what we're in the midst right now of at this particular time is the final transition period. Also, the Galactic Federation, along with the Agarthans, who are the Inner Earth Peoples, and the Ascendant Masters, are busily finishing up those particular aspects that are required for these actual distributions to occur. So what we are seeing seeing right now is the is the tail end of various things that are part of a process to allow this particular nation, this world, and the consciousness of this planet to change. Over the last 2,000 years, we have been part of a system of de facto government that has finally reached the tail end. It is now bankrupt, basically. It is. It still has various de facto powers that it can do because it is the government in charge. But what it can do and what it can't do is actually being limited right now by those who are part of the actual de jure or legal system that is to replace them. Now, as far as disclosure goes, which is what I'm really interested in, uh, there is a thing called first contact. Part of that first contact is a massive landing of ships from the Galactic Federation so that they can begin a process of educating all of us in how this particular system is to be worked. And what I mean is the actual system of allowing us to move from where we are right now to being fully conscious being. A fully conscious being is, to use a definition so people get an idea of what I'm talking about, is basically a physical angel, a being who has all the powers of an angel but is physical in nature. We are the supervisors, the overseers, the supervising guardians of physicality. Our task will be, once we become fully conscious, to join our fellows in bringing forth the edicts of heaven in allowing for this reality to be unfolded and switch from a 3D reality that it now is to a full-fledged 5D spiritual-oriented reality. This is close to happening at the present time. So what we have at the have going on is, like I said at the beginning, is this transitional period. So what is going on with all of us right now is that we are now at the edge of a great change. And what we can be talking about during the course of this uh, interview is talking about the changes going on to each one of us, how we are changing in our RNA DNA. We're changing right now from a two-strand RNA DNA to one that has been actually photographed at three and four strands to one that will eventually move to the full 12 strands. 
And this uh, beautiful star tetrahedron is the RNA-DNA outline of a fully conscious being. So what we're doing at the present time is moving from where we are right now to being fully conscious. So the question becomes, how do we get there? How does governments change? How do things in our reality suddenly change into something else and transform into what I'm going to be talking about? What we have to realize at this time is that this reality has reached a point where it is no longer what it used to be. Many people will notice that since 2006, 2008, when we had the near cave-in of our financial system, and the tremendous problems with our government is because we had reached a point here in the last part of this previous decade of going from where we are and where we've always been to where we are moving toward, the end of the transition, the bringing forth of a fully conscious reality. Now, how has this been done? In my various lectures and what I'm going to be doing in my webinar on Sunday, is I'm going to be talking about moving from the 3D reality we're at right now to the 5D reality where we're heading. And how does this impinge our various aspects of our physical beingness? How has this caused changes in it? What is the reasons for it? What aches and pains and maladies are we are we going through? How does this add to the process or detract from the process of our change? And then let's look at the other aspects of it. What we are moving for from is a brain or logic oriented reality to a intuitive or heart generated or heart directed reality. As you move from one to the other, you begin to see how necessary it is that these be done in stages. So what has been happening to us is we have been moving gradually over the last three decades from being people that are as we've always been in our societies, to beginning to become aware of change, learning to understand change, and beginning to realize what kind of change is actually being implied by heaven and by the Galactic Federation. So let's let's begin to look at some of this and see where we're at right now. Where we're at right now is the following. We are beginning to bring in a 13-chakra system approximately four of those chakras are forming in each one of us. We're beginning to feel aches and pains and difficulties. That's part of this process. I'll get into more of that when I talk about my webinar, to you on my webinar on on Sunday and then again on Thursday. So what is also happening is a change in the financial and governmental system. Way back in the late 1990s and in the year 2000 and in March of 2001, Congress secretly passed through, and then it was sequestered by the Supreme Court, a set of acts called NASARA. NASARA simply stands for the National Economic Stabilization and Reformation Act. What is happening here with NASARA is we are moving from a government based upon that which which happened in the post-Civil War era in the 1870s and onward to a new reality that allows for government to finally truly become transparent and allows for government finally to truly represent the people. The present system that we now have in our government is a de facto system. It is not that does not represent the true aspects of what the US Constitution was about, nor does it fully represent the people. Instead it represents a small group 
of bankers, wealthy, and very influential people who have come together to create a series of realities in government that limit what government can do and what it can't do. So as a result of this, government has always been influenced by what's going to go on and what's not going to go on. All of this is blatantly illegal. Those people who have studied it in a nutshell have discovered that this particular reality needs to be changed and they have done things that will soon allow for new monies, prosperity, and the rise of new governmental institutions to happen that will more readily allow us to return to our true constitutional and common law aspects, which are the true origins of what this nation is about. This is close to happening. That's about all I can say about it, because to do it requires a certain degree of secrecy, since what we're talking about is changing this actual government and allowing for change to occur. This is all now legally happening, and we're very close to that. Now let's look at the financial system. One of the things Nasara talks about is that there has to be a financial system that represents the true aspects of our nation. In other words, a monetary system not based upon some fixed asset, which is not really there. In other words, a, a system of government based upon a fiat currency, but a system of government based upon a true value currency. In other words, so-called hard currency. You can call that gold and silver and platinum, whatever. What it is is based upon true and real wealth. All of that is also very close to happening. So as you can see, what is occurring with us right now is we are moving towards being able to A, have a new government in stock, B, have a new currency and a new financial system, and all of this is very close to happening. So... Uh, <laughs> what I'm, try I'm trying to do here is get an interview going, but I am talking to myself. So hey, let me Kelvin. just... Hi. We're Hi. Here. Hi. Uh, We're really here. Um, <clears throat> I um, actually had several people um, write in and, and give me some questions that sure. I can ask. And if you want to continue on with what you were doing, that's fine. We no. were just listening. Okay. No. And um, Okay. Um, uh, somebody asked, well, what would you like to see happen over the next 30 days? What would I like to see? Ha I would like to see all the things I was just talking about happen. I would like to see okay. all of those wonderful changes in government, in finance, in changes of our system, and in, most of all, to have disclosure occur. Those would make me very, very happy because they're close to happening. The actual formula when this sacred date is uh, has not been disclosed to me. All they keep telling me is uh, it's extremely, extremely close, that it's that it will happen shortly. That's their new key fun word for me right now is shortly. So that's what that's all I can really say with dates and updates, etc. is for them to ha it's going to happen shortly. So that's what I would have to say to them. And my expectation is that it will happen sometime in the next 30 days roughly. So I would like for that to occur because everybody has been telling me how all this stuff has been transferred and it's ready to go. So I just say, let it go. So that's where I'm at right now. 
Good. Well, and then there is uh, some people that are questioning, okay, that we heard a little bit about the interim president and vice president um, taking a seat here, and, and um, they gave, even gave names, and everybody's kind of wondering what happened. Well, the actual names of people and who they are has to remain absolutely secret until it occurs. So, as I as I say to people when they're talking to me, I just say, "Well, your guess is as good as mine. Pick the person based upon the concepts that you think they need to embody to be successful, and come up with people. And that's all you'll be doing. You'll be speculating who they really are going to have. They've already selected. They've already put them through." preliminaries of what they're to do. They already know the procedure of the announcements, et cetera, and so all they are waiting for, very simply, is for the buzzer to be pressed, so to speak, and then everything can happen, and that's what I'm waiting for, and then I'll find out who they are. Until then, I will come up with a name in my mind, but I really don't know. Nobody knows who these people are. Could they okay. be, could they look, I mean, could they embody... For example, could they embody our present president and look like him, but they're actually, they're not? Ooh, what a good question. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Could be. I can say about anything is your guess is as good as mine. They have been more secret lately than the Manhattan Project about this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the end there is... You go ahead, Paula. I was going to say, maybe it's because things are changing so quickly they don't want to put it out there until they know it's stopped. You know, I just see things switching back and forth, back and forth, and they don't want to uh, share anything until it's, you know, kind of slowed oh, down. Oh, definitely. One of the things that that we can definitely say about this is that it is extremely fluid right now, that they have the upper hand in this uh, fluid situation, that they will use everything they have to maintain that, and then at the appropriate time, they will act. What that particular appropriate time is, is anybody's guess, because, as I said, they are extremely secretive about this. And the result is that anybody who talks to the public in any way, they are just giving them the preliminaries, and that's all. So that's all I've really had. is They will give me lectures on how everything is going along swimmingly, what's happened. I will have other people call up and confirm what I have learned, that they've been told the same things. But as for the actual process of what's going on and when, uh, that is secret. Falling. <laughs> um, okay, and I another question that was on the agenda here is the meteor. The meteor is uh, coming close to Earth on February the 15th and 16th. Will it have a big effect on all of us, or no. what should we expect? No, no it won't. Oh, good. It won't have any effect. One of the things that they are doing out there, because they are out there, is they are making sure that nothing that could mess up what they're getting ready for all of us to go through is messed up by uh, some object in space. So they are making sure that nothing dangerous or serious happens. So I don't really expect any problems with any kind of astronomical object of any sort that could be in, in anything close to a, a near-Earth encounter. So, of course, near-Earth encounters in astronomy are like 2 to 10 million miles apart from our from where we are. So if you were to look at it that way, 
you really see it's not that close. <laughs> when you figure that the that Mars at its closest approach is 40 million miles away, and we're talking about an object 10 to 15 million miles away, it's uh, it's not really very close. It's way out there. It's like hundreds of times the uh, diameter of the moon away from us. So we really do not have to worry at all about that. What about the Earth itself, um, like earthquakes, volcanoes? That will be kept at certain levels that will cause some difficulties. There could be some catastrophes, some minor tidal waves. But so far, what they've been able to do is keep most of the major tidal waves that are supposedly occurring when there's a major seaquake from really occurring. And the people in who monitor these things by satellite or else have special boys on the ocean are amazed at the fact that these potentially dangerous things don't hit at the level they did like in the Christmas of 2004 when we had that disaster in the Indian Ocean. So, so far we have not had anything close to that. Will we have major earthquakes? Yes, we have. We've had quite a few major eruptions. They've even turned off some major eruptions in Iceland that were starting to affect uh, European travel and were starting to cause problems with uh, with aircraft. So they are basically keeping things right now at a certain level that permits things to go forward as they are intended. And I guess once all this happens, then we'll know more. But it, right now, we're, we're just sitting in kind of a, it's kind of like a period of, of early part of World War II that they call the, the quiet or the phony war, when Everything just stopped because uh, the Germans were getting ready to do whatever they were getting ready to do, and nobody knew what it was. In this case, it's the opposite. It's not an enemy or a war. It's the situation of changes in this reality are indeed happening. They are happening according to a divine plan, and the purpose of what the Galactic Federation is doing is using its energies, its abilities, and its technology to make sure that all of these occur as planned, and that's basically all that... I know right now, and from all that I've heard, all I've seen, and all I observed, everything continues to move forward. We are we are learning that there are babies being born actually now with three and and four strand DNA. We are discovering that four and upper strands of of RNA and DNA is occurring naturally in the bodies of humans right now. Uh, various people who study this have done this, and various magazines like Scientific American are reporting them. So what we have going on right now is that we are seeing that we are mutating, we are changing. There is definitely a quickening pattern going on with what's happening. The economic system is moving forward uh, in an entirely different manner than if we are officially being told in the mainstream news. Uh, things are getting ready to pop. We don't know exactly when they are, but those in the know in the financial system understand the dire nature of the system. They understand that what is happening right now is just manipulated news, and it's amazing what manipulated news can make people believe. People believe deeply that if you see it and hear it on television, it must be real. So what I would have to say to this is it's all behind the scenes. It is happening. People are... Noticing it, I even saw that there was a little CNN report where they were showing things during the inauguration and a bunch of ships showed up sailing around the Washington Monument in Washington a couple days ago. So what I know is they are making themselves known as they wish. 
They are out there. It is real. It is not something that has been made up. And all this contact will occur when they are good and ready to happen. And what they keep telling me is it's shortly. What that word truly means, uh, we can speculate all we want, but the actuality of it is they are deciding it, and when they are ready to do so, it will occur. And they keep telling me that that is not very far off. Well, that's good news. <laughs> the, the other, you know what, you were talking about the RNA, DNA, and it was really interesting the other mo- uh, morning I had a, a third eye vision that arrived, um, and I was able, uh, I was just ready to get out of bed, and just before I opened my eyes, my entire body opened down the center like a zipper just from my chin down, just kind of opened up like two doors, and exposing the center of my entire body inside that was like really a shimmering, pale, turquoise, bluish diamond sparkling all over. And it was really kind of strange. I went, oh, that's interesting. So it looked like the whole inside, I don't know, if I, it, it looked like maybe four to six inches across. It was like uh, all this sparkly, blue t- extremely pale diamond reflection it was just amazing and i and i thought well could that be like you know you're talking about the the structure of the inside of us going from a carbon base to uh, a crystalline structure and that was you know put before me what do you think about that well we are changing when we as we move toward the 13 hertz frequency change, and we're all now right around 12.9 to how many how many nines, but mm-hmm. so what is happening here is we are on the verge of a massive shift in our reality, and it's changing everything. It is beginning to show up now where scientists, because it's so overwhelming, are beginning to now acknowledge that indeed the the strand numbers of RNA DNA is is greater than they're saying. They're talking about how these overlays are occurring. There's all kinds of crop circles that have happened over the last few years where people have been shown, indeed, that this multiple-strand RNA-DNA is part of this change in our energy patterns. People who study our basic body frequency have noticed that we have raised up from around 8 to, once again, this 12.9 ad finitum number. So we are shifting frequency of our world is going up. The earth is doing the same thing. We see effects occurring. The amount of clouds and other structures that are pristine changes, in other words, instead of the regular colors, more the uh, prismatic colors that are more bright, more able to, to be seen as different colors than reds or greens or oranges, we're beginning to see that these new greater colors are coming out and people who look up at the sky are seeing at night and and in various other times of the day that the cloud patterns, the nature of the colors around them are taking on these beautiful new colors. And as a result of this, we are now seeing that this planet is indeed shifting. And when people are starting to look up at the auroras in the north and south, they are seeing that these are moving farther and farther toward the equator. So what is happening is our planet is shifting. The energy patterns, the gravity anomalies are increasing. So our planet is indeed getting ready to shift, to change, to alter itself. 
The same thing is getting ready in each one of us, like you observed in your in your dream and you're looking through with your changes occurring in the body. We are indeed changing so are, to a higher light-oriented pattern, which looks almost like a crystalline pattern. This is because of the higher frequencies of light. We're also shifting from 3D to a 5D reality. In a 5D reality, you have a direct interrelationship with the environment. It's not separate. It's not like the environment is here, you've got a wall, it's solid. The wall can interact with you at any time because you have the ability with your mind to interact with it and change it at will. So the result is that whatever you wish to manifest as an environment becomes instantaneous. People are noticing that. Or you'll have strange things where you'll notice voices that sound very familiar. Or you'll see people that look very familiar and they come in for a few seconds or maybe as much as a minute and they disappear. Or you see scenery and it comes in and it changes. What is happening is that is the reality preparing for this shift. And as we get closer and closer to the actual time when this is happening, all this stuff is occurring at greater and greater frequencies. So people are seeing that they get glimpses of 5D, they feel things within themselves, energies change. We're going through all kinds of physical changes which create aches and pains. We also sense deep inside that this government and the way the reality we have right now has not got very long to go. More and more people up around the 70 percent plus are now feeling more and more when they really look at the reality around them they sense that a great change a great shift is about to happen and that the world they know is no longer going to last much longer and so all of us are understanding this we're sensing it we're feeling it we're noticing it the changes in our body people like scientists who constantly study the earth are seeing changes in the planet we are noticing great changes around us. Science more and more, if you start talking into the scuttlebutt patterns of what the rumors going on and scientists talking to one another about what they're observing, more and more they begin sensing and seeing and discussing with one another that indeed the old paradigm of science is no longer relevant, that some new one that includes a spiritual aspect needs to be included. And we have more and more scientists looking around, talking and putting together within their own minds what this paradigm needs to be and what is necessary to help create that within the entire network of different types of sciences. And sciences are also not liking anymore that they are so specifically oriented. Just like doctors have specialties, and this became ad infinitum, so science has done the same thing. So different forms of geology, biology, uh, atmospheric physics, etc., are looking around and saying, we need to re-look at what is going on in this reality and we need to change it. We need to bring in this spiritual aspect. And this is really the key to it. Whole institutions and based on the advancement of science are secretly saying that the future science that's going to engulf all the present science concepts is the science of consciousness, the science of, of understanding the nature of spirit and how it actually relates to the formation of matter and how matter can be changed, how we can do things that sound almost like something out of Star Trek, uh, transporters, etc. We can do this, food processors, etc. All of this invention stuff can be brought forth. It's not just things out there. It actually can be done. Certain science have done 
preliminary experimentations that say with lasers and have discovered that lasers are much more than just unidirectional light or polarized light. It's more than that. It actually represents how the energies can be shifted. They've learned the nature of energy. Even the uh, people at the uh, at the Grand Collider have, have learned that materials can go faster than the speed of light, that if we look at the basic concepts of Newton and Einstein, etc., we need change. We need to re-look at what we've taken for granted for decades and change everything up. We need to make a totally new paradigm. And this is something that science is going through. Normally, this takes centuries or a lot of decades. For instance, at the beginning of the last century, when Alfred Wagner talked uh, about the movement of continents, continental drift, he was laughed at. Now, at the beginning of the 21st century, it has been for decades the standard concept of how geology looks at how the Earth changes. So what we have here is the same thing going on, but at a much faster pace because we have things they didn't have at the beginning of the last century, which is we have a thing called computers and a thing that interconnects with computers called the Internet. As a result of that, it becomes possible to create all kinds of communications. We have all kinds of devices on the Internet that allows you to look around and communicate globally with people. Skype is just one example of that. So what we have is a massive switching of information instantaneously around this globe. People are taking all of that information and looking at how it relates to change. They're looking at what is unusual? What are the anomalies going on? How does that relate to what we believe or not believe about what the world is supposed to be doing? And so it's changing. Science is going through this at a much faster rate. And as it changes, it's also changing technology. Technology is running to the point where we have new generations of computers not in five years or ten years. We have them in one year or two years. And some people say in another year or two, it'll probably be in months. So what we're having here is a rapid speeding up of technology, a rapid speeding up of everything related to that technology. What is also happening is our bodies are changing. When doctors do pure research, they discover that what's going on is amazing. One of the things that has been going forth in in genetics is the so-called theory of, of, of epigenetics. Epigenetics is now taking over genetics. And we're seeing just exactly how emotions and the technology of our environment relates to how genetics shifts so that change or evolution in genetics is no longer a long-term thing. It's now We're now seeing that it can happen inter- intragenerationally. It can happen not just between generations but within generations. And so this is what is occurring right now out there. And when you begin to really look at it, you begin to see that all the things that I am talking about is not crazy stuff. It's something that science and the edge sees as a normal aspect of how every day the world really works. So I look at all of this and I see that, indeed, all the things that I've been talking about are very, very close to happening. And as a result of that, the news we can say to the world, the good news we can say, this change is indeed occurring and it is all reaching around everywhere. It's reaching this magical level where things change. We're we're reaching that threshold level where the world shifts. And so that is nothing that's years off. It's something that's extremely close. It's as the 
Galactic Federation likes to say to me, it's shortly. And that's what's occurring. And, of course, all of us experience it. We all have aches and pains every day from what's going on. A lot of people I know, including myself, we want to eat a lot lighter. I mean, our eating um, habits have changed. Right. It has to because as your bodies change, the type of meals you had when you were younger no longer relates. And it's not just because of the aging process, which is something that happens to people you don't eat as much. It's because we consciously look at the world, we consciously look at our diet, and we see how it relates to the changes going on physically within our our physical form, within our bodies. And we, we change. And also we see these little aches and pains, muscles changing, new chakra systems coming in, causing changes in our diaphragms, causing changes in our heart chakra being changed with the thymus center coming in, etc. So as you see all of this going on and you feel it, you begin to get symptoms and you talk to people about it and you see a lot of other people have the same things going on as you do or have passed through those and are talking about uh, things that could happen after that. And so you have a general idea that when you acquire some other new stuff that's happening physically to you that indeed what you discussed with other people is occurring. So you see that you're part of a process of, of change and it's not just some random stuff happening. Well, um, I I uh, also have another question here. Evidently, the person is questioning um, the underneath the Mount Shasta. There's a place called Telos, and they're questioning if Telos is close to um, Agartha. And uh, if you could, and then there's another question after that. But that would be the first question they're asking. Okay, I can answer that real quick. Agartha is the inner Earth. And Telos is part of Agartha. So there's Agarthans living in Telos. So they are one and the same. Quick okay. and simple. <laughs> okay. So, and how many cities? I mean, is there more than one city in Agartha, uh, you know, uh, that that reside on the inner part of the Earth? There are over 300 major cities. And there mm-hmm. are hundreds of minor cities. There's a huge network. It follows the grid of the world. And so if you... Look at where the major grid points are. You will find most of the major of those 300 cities, and you will find in the minor grid points most of the minor hundreds of cities. What the Agarthans do is they they put themselves to live in places in inner Earth that mirror how the Earth's grid pattern operates. Because the, pr- the primary purpose of a fully conscious being is that we are here to maintain and to help in change. So what we do is we sustain the planet's life energies and we help to make sure that changing, the birthing of new things, goes forth as easily and as quickly as divinely possible. So that's what they are doing. Their job right now is to watch the Earth, which they are a part of as we are. It's it's our home world to all of us. And their job is to do those things that allow for Mother Earth, for Gaia, to move forward in preparing herself to unify at the right moment the 5D world that now exists in Agartha and Inner Earth that can move eventually, once we change, into a unified 5D reality. And the same thing is happening throughout the solar system. We are not unique in that. There's climate change occurring on Mars. There is changes occurring in Mercury. Mercury, a few decades ago, was called the deadest planet 
in the entire solar system. It now has some of the most violent volcanoes in the entire solar system. We are all changing. This is part of a system that goes from the sun all the way out to Pluto and beyond into the Oort cloud, which is the very out, outer edge of our particular solar system. So what we are see happening uh, out there right now is that we are not alone in how our planet is shifting. The entire solar system, Mars, Mercury, Venus, the large gaseous planets, Jupiter, and outwards, towards Saturn and etc. All of those are changing. People are noticing great changes occurring even on Uranus and Neptune. People are seeing changes occurring everywhere. And as I said, Mars is going through climate change just as we are. We have to understand that this entire solar system is shifting. Likewise, we are shifting. This is not some strange anomaly. This is something that has been confirmed by planetologists and has been confirmed by people who are trained geologists on this planet of just exactly how what's happening on this world is being mirrored what's happening on the other worlds that make up our solar system. And it's also happening at the very core of the solar system, the sun. The sun has been going through some strange hyperactivities for the last few decades. All of this is part of the change that we are now approaching. We're approaching the choice point when this will actually happen. And so as a result, all of us can sense it because we see what's happening to our physical bodies. We see what's happening, to the, as I said, to the planet. And if you study all the information coming in, you get to realize that our entire solar system is doing this. Not only is our solar system doing this, there are special odd activities going on throughout this galaxy. So what is happening is this entire galaxy, as well as ourselves, is in the midst of a vast, incredible set of change. And this transformation is changing the very dimensional energies of the reality that all of us now reside in throughout this galaxy. So what is happening here is those worlds that are already shifted to full consciousness are seeing that part of what they have to do is to use the energies that they possess to move those areas that are not quite there to amalgamate all of that together into one great unity whole. And that's what's happening right now. This this galaxy has reached a point where it is beginning a massive shift, a kind of giant...